So here's the thing. With Grace and Carly and it's season two. We have been able to do all this thanks to this free app called Anchor. We use their creation tools to create our podcast just how we want it. And then it does all the work distributing it to places like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. And we make money. That's right, folks. You two can talk into the oblivion and get paid to do it. So no matter the size of your following, even if you still only have those 12 listeners. Or if you're mega famous like us. Well, more or less. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on your very own podcast. Hello! Hello! And welcome to So Here's the Thing with Grace and Carly. Welcome back. It's been a hot minute. We're sorry, but this season is tough because we've been in the pandemic for a year so actually we're not sorry (laughs) sorry not sorry baby i'm sorry not sorry okay you're so lucky you gotta (laughs) to hear grace sing how fun i'm kind of singing like target lady from snl (laughs) we did just go down a rabbit hole of youtube videos so that's where our mind space is is in youtube videos it's youtube land (laughs) But we're not going to talk about that. No. No, sir. We're going to talk about women things. (laughs) I was trying to figure out. We're going to talk about periods (laughs) and birth control. control And endometriosis. But I was trying, I wanted to say that, but I was also going to be like, it's Women's History Month. And I just kind of like smushed all my thoughts. It is Women's History Month. And, And also, it should be noted that generally, like, People with like vaginas, I like the, the, this, conversation this conversation will apply yes. to yes. Yes, yes, yes. people with vaginas. But we will probably use the term women, um, just because that is what we're used to, and we're still working on integrating mm-hmm. new terms and Absolutely. new terminology. But this really does apply to anyone who still has a vagina slash ovaries slash uterus slash any Monthly combination problems. of <laughs> of that collective. <laughs> Um, yeah. because it since kinda... it is Women's mm-hmm. Month, or Women's History Month, yeah. and it was just International Women's Day, mm-hmm. I think it is about time that we talk a little bit about this, because it's still quite stigmatized. Like, mm-hmm. I still feel uncomfortable. We actually talked about it a little bit at work today in passing, and I still felt, like, uncomfortable about it. And I want to, you know, work on getting rid of that. Oh, absolutely. I, I remember there were times, like, grown up and be like, oh, does anyone have a pa- and you like, you whisper like, it. You like whisper. You go up to the person. And you like quietly ask them because you're like, heaven forbid, like if you say it too loud, you're gonna be struck with lightning. Yeah. So like, and it's the, something that happens every month. Every single. Well, I mean, actually, depending on who you are, not every month. But that's what we're gonna get into. This episode yeah. is hopefully something that men can listen to and understand just a little bit more about women in general Mm -hmm. and sort of the way in which they their bodies function i know so many men who know nothing about this yeah Um, and so on this platform it's a safe space to start to talk about some of what we go through in terms of you know hormones and bodily functions and pain Pain. and how the uh medical field does not necessarily (laughs) recognize the pain thousand times worse for women of color we'll get to that yeah because we're still intersectional here we're gonna try to be (laughs) we'll do our darndest um what do we want to talk about first Um, talk about 
sort of the experience, you want to talk a little bit about each of our experiences with periods and birth control? I think that that's a good starting jumping off place and then we can like feel ourselves out out uh, after that. So, Absolutely. Um, do you want to go? I'll go first. Go yeah. First. So I got my period first probably when I was in sixth grade, I think. I got it pretty hmm. young and I was terrified not not of the period in general but i think like when i was in fifth grade and we did our first sex ed Mm. when they described period i i thought it was like in one sitting like you sat down at the toilet and (laughs) and you just like had your period i thought it was once a year because i got mine (laughs) while i was skiing in the winter and so like my dad wasn't there and i was like great i never have to worry about it while i'm swimming because it's once a year because it's once a (laughs) year I had it in my head. I don't know what they did wrong in the sex ed, but I was like, it it lasts like one, like you sit down and you do your period and then you move on with the rest of your day. And my first period was 11 days long. My first period was like frighteningly long and I thought there was something wrong with me. And my mom was like, no, there's nothing wrong with you until like the 10th day. And she's like, Okay, if it lasts much longer, we're taking you to the doctor. Oh, no. It turned out to be fine. But, you know, all throughout high school, I had pretty bad period cramps. I don't know if it ever really kept me out of school. Mm. Um, but it would always be kind of absolutely, like, the worst week of oh. the month. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, and I would, I would definitely be just on a shorter fuse because... You know, I was in pain. You know, there are hormones as well, but I think a lot of men really don't understand that, like, sometimes, most times, when women are on their periods and they're short with people, it has a lot to do with bearing a lot of pain while having to perform, like, normal. Yeah, your fuse is shorter when you have to manage that much pain and still do daily functions um this is a big misconception i think people think hormones and they're like oh yeah hormones just do weird shit to women's bodies i'm like that's not really how it works sometimes sometimes i get really sad like sometimes i get emotional over nothing um and then i'm like damn it uh <laughs> stupid hormones. but it is a lot of a lot of the like oh a girl's like pissy on her period like like i don't know other women might experience it differently but when when i experience like hormonal shifts it's mm-hmm. usually like all of a sudden i'm crying over nothing mm-hmm. it's not it's not the like i'm angry at people today that yeah. has much more to do with <laughs> i'm in pain yeah and i don't have time for anybody's bullshit yeah um and i i never could get into wearing tampons it's been so yeah. validating to hear people later in life be like yeah i don't like tampons i can do them now but i still don't like to no um the i I get why people hate pads. Obviously, it it feels like an adult diaper, yeah. but I'm like shoving a piece of cotton up my <laughs> vagina does not feel any better yeah. than wearing a diaper. And I've always had really like clot heavy periods, which mm-hmm. be prepared if you're not a person that bleeds monthly to be a little grossed out. <laughs> Clots in periods are not as like concerning as like blood blood clots. Um but they are like pockets of not pockets they're they're like globs of tissue that yeah. come out with the blood and so like i don't know for me what's always been a little bit of the struggle with tampons is that the tampon doesn't 
absorb the tissue. It absorbs the blood, but there's still like globs of tissue that can't actually exit my body when I'm wearing a tampon. And that does kind of lead to cramping because my body mm -hmm. wants to expel it, but it can't. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's, I, people talk about wearing a tampon and then forgetting it's there. I'm like, I cannot relate. I am always constantly aware of having a tampon in my body. Um, and it's always uncomfortable. It's really only worth it if I'm going swimming. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't get on birth control until I think um, sophomore year of college. Mm, you were later. I was I later, that. yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't technically on birth control until so, so sophomore No, wait. Yes. Mm -hmm. I That's correct. Um, because, because I remember, oh my god, that audition season was oh. just so dramatic. Because I'll <laughs> tell you what women being like angry on their periods often has to do with pain but like birth control the hormone swings they're pumping you i becca can tell you she can <laughs> attest to me falling to pieces oh. over the tiniest little things that week it was agonizing and i started off on the combination birth control mm -hmm. pill um which was this progesterone and estrogen and so like it doesn't only just create the mucus lining it actually stops you from ovulating for real mm -hmm. i think that's what it's right i that sounds, sounds right. right um they just started me out on that because it seemed like the right thing to do at the time and i i'll talk about this a little bit more later but like i found out from a recent doctor that my reaction to that birth control was not super good or healthy because that was the year actually that i also started getting massive massive migraines like very very bad debilitating migraines yeah. um and the birth control was helpful and it regulated everything but like my periods were still very painful mm -hmm. it's just that they were more regulated and then later they had me just have my period less which is a fun thing that you can do on birth control the crazy thing is you don't actually health-wise have to have your period if you're on birth control you mm -hmm. can literally just never have you can take the pill forever and ever and ever never take a break never take the sugar pills and you will be fine um it's just sometimes it's good for <laughs> regulatory purposes in your life um but yeah most most recently like i got really really bad migraines that second year of college and even into the third year where i would like there were some times where I, I was, like, vomiting. It was, yeah. the headache was so bad. Yeah. Um, and I remember having to, I almost passed out in our, um, well, at the acting for the camera class. Oh, I was no. holding the camera. Oh, and I no. motioned over to this guy, Dennis, because I was like, <laughs> Dennis, I'm literally about to pass out right now. I need you to take the camera. And I, like, ran to the bathroom. Oh, my And gosh. I, like, sat on the toilet for, like, 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, I think I'm okay, but what the hell just happened? Oh, no. It got better after I left college because I think there was plenty of like emotional stress, stress there too. Yeah, well, college is but I never got these headaches before I started taking birth control. And I'm still, I, I think not. <laughs> I never. I, I'm very grateful for birth control, but it it's got some hella side effects. It and I've has... just recently, for the first time ever, I went to a new doctor because I switched insurance providers, and. This new doctor was like, you get migraines that often? She's like, let's I let's get you off of estrogen because people with migraines when they get on estrogen have a higher rate of having a stroke later in life. And I was like, 
Thank you, doctor, who actually listens to what I said. I didn't even tell her that. She just read that on my record. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've been trying to tell my doctor that for literal years. Guys, side note, I don't know if you should know this or not, but I'm going to tell you anyways, but Grace and I have the same doctor. We will not reveal their name. No. But um, like, because that would be inappropriate. Be but bad, we did but find we out did. that we, like, much, much late, like, we, we've been friends for many years, and we had been living together for, like, at least four months. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, she, Carly mentioned something that frustrated her about her doctor, and I was like, that sounds kind of similar to, like, my frustrations with my doctor that I'm, I'm about to, like, leave. Um, and we, I kind of sussed it out. I'm like, do you go to this particular office? And she was like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, is your doctor? <laughs> so we had the same doctor, which, and, and I don't mean to come down too hard on doctors, especially female doctors, because... Mm. It's hard in that field, especially mm-hmm. for women. I will say I experienced firsthand a a dis not a decision. I, I don't know what you would say, just kind of a a dismissal of pain. And you can definitely talk about this too. I wonder if it isn't also just like age. Yeah. And I could talk about this in my story too, but like I started going in young girl than like an adult who knows what pain is yeah i was in high school and i was like everything hurts and i'm dying yeah and they were like "Mm, that's just what being a woman is so i wonder if it isn't just like a little bit of age as well like you don't understand the world so you don't understand what pain is i think it is too and i also do think the medical field has decided that certain pain is just what being a woman is and some of that is like some of that is things that we need to start like funding more. The, the, the yeah. fact that some pain for women is just how it is, is really more of a, we decided to leave this alone because we didn't care about women's mm-hmm. pain as much. And again, um, that, that and is that's really not intersectional too. And individual with... doctor's fault. It no. is really intersectional, intersectional with race with and race disability and as disability well. And fatness. Yeah. And, oh. Because that's, and I've experienced this a little bit as well, and I'm, I'm a relatively thin person on a like vast scale i'm like curvy but but i'm you know i'm like five two and 140 pounds and i've gotten the well have you tried losing some weight to solve this like problem that is completely unrelated um but i do there's a lot that goes into sort of the judgment of women's pain and the other thing is i think I think there might be sort of a generational thing as well with like that might be older well. doctors having this idea that like you know when they were growing up they were told that this is just what <laughs> suck a, it up and the life of a woman is <laughs> yeah um, and so there's a skepticism of women saying that they're in pain and an unwillingness to sort of look for other factors or even just find a different solution to try and alleviate the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so this recent doctor who is fantastic, uh, they're trying to use gender neutral pronouns for protection and just in general. Mm. Um, they were just very, very good listeners. And I finally, I'm, I'm on like the baby pill, which is the progesterone only pill. Hot tip. Um, because not everybody knows this and especially not a lot of men know this and you should, because it concerns you if you are having sexual relations with your (laughs) significant other um 
I'm on the baby pill right now, which means that you only have a three hour window to take the pill. So like if you take it at nine, you only have till midnight to take the pill or else you will be less protected. You won't get the full protection of the pill. If you are on the progesterone and estrogen, the combination birth control pill, you're actually fine for 24 hours. So if you miss a day, just take it as soon as you remember it, you're actually still protected. I've done a lot of research on this. <laughs> um, but it's helpful. It's helpful. Know. It's helpful and to know. Doctors aren't going usually, I won't say aren't ever, but like usually is something they give you in a paperwork. They're like, read all these different options. It'll tell you what what you should and should not do. Right, exactly. But doctors don't always actually have that conversation with you. And my doctor this time actually did. Like That's good. They actually spent the time to like talk about like this pill might not work for you this way. And then like it's like also your period might go away. So like I don't know if that works for you. I'm like, make it go away. <laughs> make it disappear. I literally you can do whatever you can throw it off a cliff. I don't care about it. But I some people do feel very strongly and I appreciate that they were Consider it, even is though I'm like, kill it in the fire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of my journey with my period and birth control. I do still have some headaches now, although I have noticed it's been getting better, or at least like I'll still get headaches, but they're more medicatable. Like good. if I take ibuprofen, it usually does go away now in the past month-ish mm -hmm. that I've been taking this new pill which is nice and it's still only a month so like it's still those hormones are still gonna be yeah, yeah, yeah. they're still floating somewhere. around so it's that's it, a good sign because yeah it's i never took migraines seriously until i started getting them it's really kind of overwhelming to have a headache that you cannot get rid of no matter how much pain meds you take <laughs> i was starting to scare myself i'm weaning myself off of it a little bit but i was taking I was taking four ibuprofen capsules mm. every time I had a headache and, and alternating that with like Excedrin extra strength every like three to four hours. Mm. That was like four ibuprofen and an Excedrin every three to four hours off and on for almost the whole day. And that still wasn't really enough. That was just enough to get me to work. Um, it's no good. No. And it is a common side effect of birth control. That is a common side effect. Weight gain. Weight gain. Is a common. It's a big one. Which side is effect. another thing, which is honestly probably something that shouldn't be such a terrible side effect, but we treat it as such. And so like mm. when, when you get on a birth control that causes you to gain weight, that often also causes extreme um, self-worth issues, or yeah. at least it has for me. I don't know if it has for other people, but... Or I do know it has for other people. I can't speak for anyone else specifically, but... And I just... I, I know that going to the doctor and, like, even just talking to people, like, at work and talking about birth control, mm -hmm. that, like, oh, well, be careful because of weight gain. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, like, I'm in a tremendous amount of pain. Right. <laughs> I... You're asking me to suffer through tremendous amount of pain or gain 10 pounds. Right. And I, I feel like that shouldn't be something that you push so hard Mm -hmm. onto women who are in pain or who need it for any other reason like the government trying to take anybody's birth control away just makes me so angry for so many reasons but like one of my biggest ones are is just because like i use it because of pain and it has nothing to do with killing babies 
Right. It literally doesn't have anything to do with you trying to, like, own my rights, which you shouldn't have any control over anyways. Right. But at the end of the day, it isn't even religious. It is purely a pain medication right. at this point that I need. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you can't take that. You can't take that away. And and it's, like, birth control is used for so many other purposes so other than other just things. preventing pregnancy, but it is used to prevent pregnancy. And the fact that any anti-abortion activists are against birth control. I'm not talking plan B, although I, I don't think people should be as like, ah, about plan B as they are, and I certainly don't feel that way about plan B, but I, I understand plan B sort of in that sort of mental line of reasoning mm-hmm. being an actual ending of a potential human life. Birth control is not. Birth control is just taking agency into your own hands mm-hmm. as a woman, of not getting pregnant and the only possible reason to not have it because it prevents many 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 abortions yes. is to control women's bodies like which is evil which is really evil just, throw it out there. Is it just evil exactly um yeah it's it's really quite a bit of a mess but that's kind of my mm-hmm. journey looking at probably update you on this later looking at maybe getting an IUD because it's very similar uh actual medication to what I'm taking right now but then Mm -hmm. I don't have to take a pill every day and they do say that it makes your period go away Mm. my doctor was like I don't know if you're okay with that and I was like kill it in the fire (laughs) kill it in the fire let it die watch the light leave its eyes (laughs) my whole life um (laughs) literally (laughs) So, Carly, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? Absolutely. So, I got my period later than you did. I mm-hmm. want to say it was eighth grade. Yeah. So, not like too much later. Right. But... Usually middle school sometime. But... Although, if it didn't happen in middle school for you, you're not abnormal. Uh, it happens all the time. And if it happened before middle school, you're not abnormal either. Correct. But I also remember go- I went to a nice private middle school that was like... I don't went have to a sex. Trashy public middle school. <laughs> Carry on. They were like, "Don't have sex because Jesus." Jesus. <laughs> um, and that's all they said. Um, and so when I got my period, I was woefully unprepared. unprepared. My mom gave me the little like American Girl book, but it was just like, "This is kind of what's gonna happen, and you're gonna bleed, and it's gonna be kind of weird." Side note. <laughs> I'm sure most of y'all <laughs> listening remember this American Girl book. It is still the goat. It's the goat of female development books. There's still some things that it misses, but it does a wonderful job of communicating how your body's going to change as you become an adult. Mm-hmm. And it's intersectional AF. It is, I think. I remember. I don't know. But I was also bad at reading, so I just kind of looked at the pictures. Um, the pictures are intersectional The pictures AF. are intersectional. That um, is true. American Girl that. has actually always been pretty airtight in terms of, like, n- the narratives that Shout they share. Shout out to American Girl. Shout out to American Girl. Like, I did get out of town with... I do still engage with Disney plenty. But American Girl... Has actually, like, Disney's just now getting into the true intersectionality of, like, different cultures. Mm -hmm. That is the bedrock of American Girl. Mm -hmm. American Girl has a widely diverse group of... It could be a little bit cheaper for some of those diverse people, but that's 
five. That's true. <laughs> I you, was too poor to have an American class. Girl doll. So let's be clear, it's too expensive. <laughs> but I had a mini American Girl doll. I had a mini Josefina. Mm. Um, and I had all the Kaya books. Oh, I had all so bad. I won't, I'm Next s- podcast, so American badly. Girl. <laughs> we will talk about American Girl because it's a whole thing. Um, um, but but that's, that's basically you what had I your mean. American Girl book. I had my American Girl book, but I remember I was I was skiing and I was alone. And my mom doesn't come because my mom doesn't ski, but I was with my dad and my sister. And I'm like, I know that something is happening. I know that, that I need to get down the mountain as fast as possible. Can we go home now? And I got home and I was like, oh. Again, thank God. I don't have to worry about it in the summer. Mom's like, oh, sorry, you didn't read the book well enough. Oh, no. <laughs> um, that's going to happen every month. And I was like, uh-uh. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I want to die. And so, Baja Blast, the face off this earth. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And I, uh, it was sad. because So, it happened every month. And it was started to get progressively, like, more and more painful. And I was like, this hurts. Like, they always, like really had a lot of bad cramping like on my period and things like that and I'd be like oh what a bummer and I like took pain medication for that but as I started reaching like my senior year in high school I was like I might die (laughs) like this this pain is just like so bad and I have a pretty high tolerance for pain yeah I I can handle most things and I'm like, oh, I notice that there is pain there, but I'm not going to like freak out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I can say that about myself because I think I know myself well enough to be like, I have a pretty good tolerance for pain yeah. and this hurts. And so I was like, I think that this is not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then I started being like, hey, mother, this isn't great. And she's like, well, I don't know anything. Go talk to your doctor. <laughs> and so I talked to my doctor and I was like, so like pain, right? <laughs> and she's like, it's probably nothing. And then six months later, I came back and I was like, it's only getting worse. I'm like, I feel like I want to die. I feel like I want to die. And I'm like, it just really hurts. It makes me not want to move. It makes me not want to, like, breathe. <laughs> like, it hurts to breathe in and out. And I just, I hate it. And please help. Uh, and so then I got on the pill. I think also the the combo. Combination The combination pill with. to start out with. Um, I think they're starting more and more people off with the combination pill because of its leniency. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it is more effective for teenagers who are, you know, kind of in development and still, mm-hmm. you know, they forget things and their schedules are all over the place. Oh, absolutely. It was so, so it, good for me. I forgot it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was on it and it made it a little bit better. For, like, four months. Mm-hmm. And then after four months, my body started to learn how to, like, get around it. Mm-hmm. And the cramps started getting worse and worse again. Um, and just not good times. And I began to feel nauseous on my period. And I was like, I didn't want to eat anything. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to do anything on my period. I was in so much pain. And I literally... There were times, like, I had smoothies for a week because I... Yeah, because you can the stomach thought, anything The else. thought of real food was, like, I will throw it up. And yeah. I, I remember I was at Disneyland, and I was so sad because I couldn't eat a Mickey head ice cream because I hurt so bad. And oh I couldn't God. go on the teacups because I was like, I will throw up. <laughs> Oh my god, I appreciate that you like the teacups, but I won't go on the teacups if I'm feeling fine. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't love spinning. Keep your crazy ass going nowhere spinning rides to yourself. Get me on a roller coaster. 
Oh no, I would much rather have a roller coaster any day. <laughs> Next podcast ranking Disney rides. That's actually not somebody a bad write idea. that down because I will yeah, forget. Please write that down. We'll forget. <laughs> um, but anyways, I just remember and I cried because I was so nauseous and I was at Disneyland and I was just not having a fun time. Mm. And someone was like, "Go back to the doctor." Um, <sighs> and and I did, and I think we switched the pill one more time to something else. But I was not bleeding a lot, so like. I just didn't have much blood, but I would have cramps forever. And then it started to get to the point where I would have cramps not on my period. Like, mm. I would just get them. Right. On, it, it, it's the same feeling. So it was like kind of that, like, that cramping you were, feeling. You knew it was the same, like, system of your body. Because mm-hmm. I did have a problem once where, like, I, I'm allergic to stevia, I found out, and I was having these horrible intestinal cramps, but I thought they were period cramps. Mm. As it turns out, I was just drinking this tea that was making me very sick. Um, but... Yeah, but again, I didn't know at the time, so I was like, why do I... I started making charts of every time that, like, I had these, like, I call them, like, knives in my stomach. Because for those of you who don't know what like. a period cramp feels like, it feels like someone jabbed a knife into my stomach and is, like, twisting it around mm-hmm. and, like, just smashing knives in there yep and like it's just so painful and for not to not be on a period i was like i don't understand what is happening right and my doctor didn't really either and so then i started going to a bunch of specialists right like luckily i have insurance um because it is because otherwise not easy to like go to all of these doctors and so i went to like an internal intestines person and they were like cool, do you think you're allergic to any food? And I was like, so here's my chart of all of the times that I've had these cramps and the things that I've been eating and the things that I was doing because I do not understand what is happening. And I was afraid that you were going to tell me that I'm allergic to gluten and I will cry. (laughs) And they're like, so do you eat this stuff all the time? I was like, literally all the time. It is not related. And they're like, yeah, no, we don't think it's intestinal relations. Like, it's not that either. But like, let's do a bunch more tests and like, um, an ultrasound and all those stuff and I will say that like again on the stigmatism I was so stressed out to go to have an ultrasound yeah. as like a freshman sophomore in college as like a young person who looked really young I was like they're yeah. all gonna think that I'm pregnant and I'm not pregnant and I just don't want them to think that I'm pregnant and I'm here for a pregnancy because I brought my mom because I'm scared <laughs> I remember feeling a little bit that way I had a I think it was when I moved back to Seattle. It was later than you did, but I also had an ultrasound because they were also testing me for endometriosis. I don't have it. I was just on a birth control that wasn't working for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I did get an ultrasound and I, I did feel that stigma of like, oh my God, I feel like I feel like I'm a teen, teen pregnancy. Yeah, so this is a teen pregnancy. And I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. But also like, I don't know. There's so many sounds for so many things. Invasive <laughs> procedures that you have to go through as a woman if you have anything wrong with your reproductive system. Mm-hmm. I've always been a bit skeeved out. And I'm, again, I really like my new doctor and she was really good about it. But mm-hmm. like pap smears and intravaginal or transvaginal ultrasounds, like there's not a lot of like, it's it's very unceremonious. <laughs> We're like, I was talking I think about this in the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> this is another thing that I think a lot of men don't fully understand is a transvaginal ultrasound is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. They stick a wand up your vagina and they move it around a little bit. It's actually not I had that... one of those too, but that was later. Yeah. This is... That's part two. <laughs> People see an ultrasound and it's like, oh, they're moving a little thing on the mama's belly. And that's one kind of ultrasound. And then the other one, they like jam a stick up your vagina. Um, it's not. What's funny is it's actually a lot less painful and invasive than a pap smear. Because like, you know, it's a little weird feeling. You're like, okay, there's something in there. But it's kind of like a tampon, but it's just moving around. <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, it's not fun, but it's not super painful and I get why it's necessary because they've got to get it from that angle. Mm -hmm. It's still unceremonious in terms of like, all right, I'm just going to stick this thing inside (laughs) of you. And especially... My person was nice. (laughs) I don't have... I don't have trauma related to sexual experiences, but I imagine that if someone did and they happened to get someone who was not really good about asking for consent, explaining Mm -hmm. everything they did, that could be a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. because it was uncomfortable for me and I have no trauma related anyway it's it's another thing and a pap smear (laughs) I was literally talking about this in the car last night (laughs) because I it's on my brain because I just had my you have to get one every three years and I had mine recently at my last checkup it's so it's it's not the worst thing to ever happen. It's not the most painful medical procedure that's ever happened to me. But it does feel oddly barbaric for where we're at in modern medicine because they take a clamp or, or like what what do you call that in the construction world because that's basically what it is. It's a a, a C clamp. It no, separates. It's, no, it's it's um a reverse clamp, a fish clamp. I don't know. Yeah, it's a reverse clamp. I cannot find the word for it, um, but it's it's what you do when you want to separate it. Oh, you have them for cars. A jack. A jack. It's like a jack, <laughs> a car jack <laughs> for your vagina. That was worse than clamp. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is what it is, though. Yeah, it no, is a car right. jack for your vagina. They stick. <laughs> A basically a two-part piece into your vagina they open it up to the point where it's quite uncomfortable so that they can look inside and take some swabs around and like take some tests and like again not the worst thing that's ever happened to me not great though but pretty uncomfortable and i feel like we should have come up with a better system by now and i think we haven't because women's pain is not taken seriously yeah. and no one really cares yep. if women get hurt or fail they don't care about women's discomfort i um, was in the doctor and it just happened to line up because i had many doctors appointments during this time of me just being like something is wrong there is no blood and i have so much cramps and I have cramps outside of my period. So I went to the doctor a few times. Mm-hmm. One of the times just happened to line up while I was on a period. Right. And so I was like, I am currently in a lot of pain. Right. And she's like, on a scale of one to ten. And I was like, truly and honestly, nine or ten. And she's like, Why are you here then? And I was like, if I You are a doctor have ten pain, where would you like me to be? <laughs> I thought that was good timing because I could come in and be like, currently right now pain is happening fix it and she was like why <laughs> and i was like ah. <laughs> first of all as a doctor never say that so never ask a patient why they're there why in that care? way like 
<laughs> it's never gonna make them want to come back and also like if they're experiencing that kind of pain you do have the equipment to do something about it or at least you can send them somewhere th that has <laughs> the facilities to handle that yeah do something other than ask me why i decided to come she's like shouldn't you be like in bed and i was like if i could i would but the other thing with periods is that like we're not just allowed to have a week off of work or off of school because we're in a lot of pain. It's like, no, you still have to come. Like, yeah. people ask me how much school I miss, and I was like, that wasn't an option. Especially, right. like, in the theater world, and that's another story that we that's will a whole other thing. get into. But, like, absences weren't acceptable. They're not acceptable. So you sit miserable. I remember sitting miserable in classes. Not breathing. Like, kind of keeled over fully like like frozen yeah because i was in so much pain but yeah missing school for a period wasn't an option and it's not for work either nowadays like i still can't no i just hope i pray to god that it lines up with days that i have days off right because otherwise i'm doomed <laughs> yeah i in the job i'm at right now i could maybe take off a day um because my my work now would be understanding of that. Mm -hmm. Like, even if I were to be honest, and I would be like, I'm experiencing, like, mind-blowingly bad cramps. Mm -hmm. um, they would accept that, but I can't... I can't skip, like, a whole week. I mm -hmm. can't take the week for it. And right now, my periods are not bad enough that I would need to do that. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of crazy, like, the day after I got the second COVID vaccine, because I am fully vaccinated, woohoo! Yay! Grace. I work in a setting in which people sleep. Uh, not that I need to explain like the reasons why I got the vaccine, but I got the vaccine early because I work in a like overnight care facility, and you know a bunch of people are sleeping in the same room, and none of them have health care. So some of them don't have health care. Uh, but the day after the second vaccine, everybody at my job just called out. We're like, we're gonna call it a wash today because all of us feel horrible. But I felt that bad. Mm -hmm on my period before yeah and i had to go to school like yeah i had to rally and mm -hmm. just do it and then come home at the end of the day and curl up into fetal position and just be numb my favorite position is to lie on the floor tummy tummy down lying on the floor like a dead body mm -hmm. um, a blanket over me for warmth and just lie there and trying to breathe child's pose is nice because also, laying on your back, first of all, I don't know about you, I get a lot of back pain on my period as well. Um, and I don't know if y'all know what talks about this experience, but the experience of, it's going to be gross, stick with me. Like when you're laying down on your back and wearing a pad, even a long pad, the blood will like drip back yeah. through your ass yeah. crack and then sneak out behind the pad onto your underwear and then onto your sheets and everything gets stained and it's awful. So you've got to lay on your side or your stomach yeah. so that it doesn't bleed through the back. Yeah. No one. I've never had a conversation. This is the first time I've ever talked to anyone about this. No, the and it's the worst. is so annoying. I don't have quite as bad of a problem because I don't have as much blood. So, like, uh, sorry, Megan, I'm going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> my, my sister has way more blood than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And so she was, like, also had to work and stuff. And she's like, there were days, like, I went through many a pad <laughs> just to try and keep up with it. And so, like, we've all had 
Yeah, the struggles it, come in different shapes and sizes. Because I would say I probably have a little bit more blood than you, but I... I everyone has more blood than I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't had quite that bad of an experience, but there have been times where, like, like overnight, there's just no pad that's, like, good enough. Yeah. But you can't... I think you can't wear a tampon overnight, or you shouldn't. Yeah, I don't think you, you should. You can. Um, you can do anything if you set your mind to it, but you shouldn't <laughs> but you should. because it is a huge risk of toxic shock syndrome yeah. to have it in for that long. You really shouldn't have a tampon in for longer than like six hours. Tampons scare me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so. Anywho. So anyways, ultrasound, um, they found some, a lump, a nice little lump on my liver and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and they're like, okay, cool. So have an MRI. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> please tell me what's happening. Um, and, uh, long story short, it is benign at this point. So it is fine, but they are like, so this is like 90% the possibility. The reason it is here is because of the estrogen in your birth control. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, this is something that we have vaguely been aware of of happening to not just you and i was like oh my god estrogen is evil um so then i immediately switched to a not estrogen that's when i switched just to a not estrogen it's like that we've had like the very similar experience (laughs) yeah and just very different side effects yeah really bad side effects but different side effects mine was like let's grow little lumps all over the place and i was like oh my god i was so scared when that was happening because they wouldn't tell me yeah that's information because they kind of told me that it was there after the ultrasound and i was like blink blink don't tell me that and then not follow up and so then I had to have another test, and I was like, I have cancer, and I'm going to die. But, like, that's originally why we were, like, looking and doing the ultrasound is because they're like, okay, so what if there was a cyst or something had burst? And that's kind of, like, the path that we were going down. Mm-hmm. And they all came back, like, fine. And I was, like, crying. I was like, Mom, I know something is wrong, and mm-hmm. nobody is telling me that anything is wrong. Yeah. And I just feel it. I just feel like this isn't right. And I was like, because I have friends, yeah. and I understand that periods hurt i get it this isn't like that and i'm like something is wrong i think i'm finally old enough to be able to advocate that's the other problem is that like when you're young you don't understand how much pain you're supposed to be experiencing and when it's too much because there's no threshold for like the medical world in terms of period pain you could be in excruciating mind-numbing pain like me and carly have both been in yeah and that's still just a side effect Mm-hmm. until it's not. Yeah. And, and sometimes, the worst part about it is that sometimes it just is. Um, but sometimes it's not. In Carly's yeah. case, specifically. Yeah, because, so then my senior year, I, so again, we switched birth controls and it was fine for four months and then my body learned how to fight it and yeah. it got bad again. And so then I went and... My doctor finally suggested, finally suggested, don't don't talk to me, um, that I go see a specialist, an OBGYN specialist. I think I'd seen one once before, but it was still pretty early on and there wasn't really anything that they would do. But like this time I was like, I have facts and figures and I would like to do something about it. So she's like, okay, go back to see an OBGYN doctor. And so I did. And then this doctor is the first doctor who was like, cool, so the one thing that I think that you have is endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And for you guys who don't know what endometriosis is, because it's just a really long name, and it's 
not it's set on commercials and nobody ever nobody talks ever about what it, is. what it is so basically the lining of my uterus um so the lining on everyone's uterus is kind of toxic and kind of like evil um because it's that's what it is sometimes for those of you who have endometriosis that is no longer inside your uterus it is in other parts of your body and it's just like attached to your liver mm-hmm. or like any anywhere the problem is it could be anywhere and it's tiny it's just a thin lane like layer of this lining that is where it's not supposed to be and so it can cramp up which is why i was getting cramps not on my period is because it will just act up whenever it feels like it needs to um when it's like reached its cycle in life i don't know too much about it but like basically it's nowhere in it's where it's not supposed to be and the problem is because it is so thin that there isn't really a good way to find it. So you can't see it really in ultrasounds and you can't really see it in MRIs. The only way to really find out where it is is to take like a camera inside your body and go hunt for it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and the problem is that even after we do that, there is no way, there is, there's no change in the treatment. So mm-hmm. they're like, you have endometriosis. We can't like really officially say that because we didn't go inside you with a camera but like everything that you're saying is this is what it is right. <laughs> like we know the pain because of the and symptoms not to you mention have. how expensive it would be to go with a camera through the yes. whole body because the other thing we didn't mention about ultrasounds is there i have insurance and my ultrasound was five hundred dollars yeah my one ultrasound was $500, which at the time I had just gotten a part-time job in a ticket office at a theater. I couldn't afford that. And my parents graciously paid for that ultrasound because they have money, which is an immense mm-hmm. privilege Yes, to have both parents that care enough to pay for it and parents who have enough to pay for it. Oh yeah. No, extremely lucky that we have insurance and we have money to do that because... It, all of those tests cost a lot, cost a so lot much of money, money. Which is insane when we talk about forcing a teenager into a pregnancy in which they will have to have ultrasounds. If they, Even if they have insurance, that's $500 every time you have to have one. It's obscene. Yeah. Horrible. And the fact that, like, it doesn't change the outcome for me. The fact that me, it doesn't change the outcome like, for you, it's like, why would you do it? And they, they can't even go in and, like, scrape it off. Because it will grow back. Because my body is just broken. <laughs> and it was just like, we want this everywhere. And I was like, I hate everything. Mm-hmm. And so I got um, the birth control that goes into your arm. Mm-hmm. It has a name, but I don't remember its name. Nexplanon. That's it. Grace uh-huh. knows. I know. Um, <laughs> I watched the commercials. <laughs> and so they inserted that good old thing into my arm. Mm-hmm. And I will say, it worked for six months really solidly like I didn't have a period it went away I didn't have cramps they went away and I thought I was healed it's a better record six months later I got one and I was so mad the other thing just for everyone who needs to know everything about us my body likes to like latch on to other people's cycles so as soon as I like got back in contact with someone who like had a period, it's like yes, <laughs> and my <laughs> sister moved back in for the when the pandemic hit, and I was just living with my mom and my dad, who like are fine. Right. <laughs> there is no period happening there. My sister moved in, and it immediately latched yep. onto her cycle, and it was so sad. And so we're hitting 
two years of it in my arm, two and a half almost ish okay. years in my arm, and it's kind of wearing out. They're supposed to last three years. Ah. Um, but I'm thinking that I, I might have exhausted this one's power. Right. You were able to squeeze the juice out of it a little bit faster. And we're not helping. Cause I, I love living with other women. Um, I can't imagine living with, I know maybe someday I will, but like, I can't imagine living with a man, but like, this is the worst part of it. Yep. Yep. No, I moved back in cause it finally figured out how to like kind of leave Megan alone. And I moved in with Grace and Beck, and I was like, new blood. New blood. <laughs> and I feel so bad because I tell people that I blame them for it, and I, it's not their fault. It's my evil body. Mm. And they feel so bad about it, and I was like, oh, no. Because we're absolutely... Oh, don't feel bad about it. <laughs> it's just something I say to make myself feel better. We also are on, like, completely opposing cycles based on birth control methods as well, so that's probably very stressful for your body, too. Oh, my body, like, it gives up. And I, the sad thing is, and this is what I'm gonna say, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. With Grace and Carly. So Grace and Carly. If men had to deal with endometriosis and periods and all this stuff, we would have a cure for endometriosis. Yeah. And I'm mad happy women's history month y'all i'm angry please fix it if men had vaginas we would not have pap smears we would not have vagina jacks (laughs) there's no way there's no no way it sounds like something that exists in like 1918 and like like when they were still doing frontal lobotomies just oh my like, god, which by the way, side note, this is unrelated. <laughs> Did y'all know an ice pick lobotomy is not like chiseling into the skull? It's uh, taking an ice pick and sticking it in the eye socket and wiggling it around. That's the procedure. That's the whole thing. It's absurd. Um, uh, gross. I hate it when you say that. Also, they like, did it to bleh. a lot of women. Mostly women. Yeah, which and is like, kind of related. We're, while we're kind of on this related thing, because hysteria is a made-up disease yeah, made by... disease. And it was staged i would love someday i might do just a podcast on like the creation of, of hysteria, hysteria because like some it's good it's a play and i've told people that yeah. i have come in contact with this about before because they st- the guy staged it he took a girl like basically tortured her mm-hmm. and was like look at women aren't they terrible we aren't should they help crazy? them they're crazy hysteric women and i was like you <gasps> tortured her Side note, she escaped by dressing like a man. Um, and that's also a play. Maybe the it same is play? a play. It is Maybe the same play because it's the, it's the one girl. So I think it's her story. Oh, yeah. And in my play, like, it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> and I just, I can see it. I can see it all. And I'm like, this is absolutely a play waiting to be happening. Why no one's made that before? Authors who are smarter and better than me, can you please make this a play? Because I'll write it, but it won't be very good. Yeah. But like, someone who's like really talented. I want like Lynn Nottage to like take my my Lynn story. Nottage, if you ever listen to this, first of all, I'm so flattered, but also so why, are you, why are you here? Um but I love you and don't leave. Um, <laughs> You're amazing. Second of all, you should write this play. You should write this play. <laughs> and or I guess Paula Vogel, either one of them can either write one my of them. play. Them together. Lynn Nottage and Do Paula it. Vogel write my write play, this together. play together. Um <laughs> also I guess all this goes to say with with both of our stories and kind of our experience and and our our stories are not like they're unique to us but 
everyone has Mm -hmm. an intricate intimate relationship with periods birth control Mm -hmm. and pain related to those subjects and i i guess it all goes to say that like one you should listen to just listen to women just um, that's like women. the first thing that you can do that's and very very easy to do trust them when they tell you it hurts <laughs> yeah i i would go out on a limb and say women generally have a higher pain tolerance than men for sustained pain mm. i'm not sure how you can really measure like individual like if you break your arm i'm like maybe men have a higher pain tolerance but like i don't know who cares you broke your arm um <laughs> It's more like like for sustained, prolonged pain, like pressing, pressurized pain. Mm-hmm. Like women just have to go through more of it. They're more accustomed to it and working through it. Um, so believe women when they say it hurts really bad and they can't work through it. And I would say, yeah, to go one step further, if there are any people who own a business or have power over what people do schedule-wise... Mm-hmm. Maybe just, like, be nicer when people are like, I have a period cramp and I absolutely can't come in. (laughs) Right. Usually that's not a lie. Partially because women know that people are going to roll their eyes at that excuse. Listen, if I'm trying to get out of work to play hooky for a day, I'm going to say family emergency. I'm not going to (laughs) say period cramps because people are going to be skeptical about period cramps. (laughs) No one's going to be skeptical about a family emergency. Um, And I can sell it, too. (laughs) I don't, but I could. (laughs) And I think this is another reason why we need to keep pressing for better legislation surrounding Mm -hmm. women's health, especially surrounding birth control. It needs to be accessible. It needs to be free. As much as it's a horrific time to find the exact right one that makes you, your body hurt less and also if you're not on birth control that's okay too Mm -hmm. there are ways to sort of work with your body without everybody's body hormones everybody's body is different um but it is important for it to be accessible because one it can be a very important medication for ailments that only women face Mm -hmm. and two because like we said earlier the only reason not to give it to women for free is really just to control them. Yeah. Um, and and also like, fund more research on please, women's health. Please. All, all women's health. We'll try to find some links to some good funds that are that are raising money for women's health. Mm-hmm. I know this also... We're, we're talking mostly about our experiences right now, but this absolutely affects communities of color, mm-hmm. disabled people, and, mm-hmm. and trans people yeah exponentially worse Mm -hmm. um which is part of why there needs to be better funding to Mm -hmm. learn how to serve those populations better but also we need to work to eradicate the racism the ableism the transphobia from the medical industry because so much and the fat phobic and and the fat phobic i'm so sorry i keep forgetting that no it's all good it's just Um, that one in the medical field is it's rampant oh the fat phobia is so rampant (laughs) telling someone to lose weight is not a diagnosis no it's ridiculous (laughs) i'd also say as like a call to action just like watch legislation and make sure that they aren't trying to block these things just because they call it like i don't know and if they link it in with the abortion stuff like just be careful about what it says really specifically also because like sometimes people it's not an abortion but like they need to get something out of their body that's 
already dead sometimes babies die and they need to come out otherwise it'll cause the mom more harm right they're already dead so just watch it keep paying attention just keep paying attention to the legislation so that nothing sneaky happens and so that birth control isn't taken away from all of us like as an evil source because it is not it's doing more than just what they are lying to you about what it does (laughs) right exactly it's it does prevent pregnancy and that is one of the beautiful things about it not everybody wants to have a baby just whenever um but it also does a lot of other things and it's very important to women and it's no one's business but their own why they use it um and this is just a just a a sharing time so that you can learn a little bit more about what women go through yeah we're just two people but yeah we we are two people. We are two people. We have unique <laughs> stories just like everyone else. Yeah. Um, and it's really valuable for men. I remember talking to men in college about this, and I, they just had no idea <laughs> that this was the process that women went through yeah. in order to manage their periods and mm-hmm. keep from getting pregnant. And it's just kind of wild. So also, if you're dating a woman or dating just a person with a vagina, I ask them about it. Chances yeah. are they will be open to telling you or they'll tell you if they're not. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of refreshing to be able to talk about it. Yeah. And I hope people learn something yeah. about something new and had a good time and happy. Comment on the socials. Share your stories with us. Yeah, absolutely. Re- let's engage reduce with the people. stigma and engage <laughs> yes. with people. Let's, let's reduce that stigma. Happy uh, International Women's Day, Day and Women's and History Month. Women's History Month. For anyone who identifies in that female form yeah range word female as it is as a yeah woman how or however you want to do it but happy those things happy women's day to anyone who identifies as a woman and anyone with the vagina or uh, genitalia involving ovaries uterus the etc any combination of the above anything and have a good day. Have a good day. <laughs> Next week we'll be back with a fluffy subject. Yay! All right. All right. Bye! P.S. If you want to do something right now to help women gain uh, better access to menstrual products, there is a House bill in Washington State, House Bill 1273, that is going up for public hearing on March 15th. It's Monday, March 15th at 1.30 p.m. So if you want to create your own um, public statement, you can send one in online. Um, These are the steps to do it, and we'll put it in the description as well. First, you go to https colon slash slash app dot leg dot wa dot gov slash CSI remote slash Senate. Um, and then you select early education and K-12 education. You select 3-15-2021-1.30 p.m. Select ESHB-1273 menstrual products slash schools. Submit a written testimony, testify live, or note your position for the legislative record. So you can just submit a written testimony and be done with it right then and there. And then you select your position as pro in the field that it asks. And then after that, all you have to do is submit. 
Yay, go do it. Yay, go do it. It's such a good thing to do. We'll also include links so it's a little bit easier to access. Um, definitely make your voice heard. This is going to provide menstrual products for kids in schools who might not be able to afford it. It's going to make it the job of the school to provide menstrual products for everybody. Which is so important. It's very important. Also, April Berg is leading it, and I voted for her. <laughs> Woo! Go, April. <laughs> All right. Go do this thing. And uh, bye, bye again. <laughs>